0: Hello, everybody. Boom. All right. Live is live to be. Uh, Mike Mills with uh, Verity Mortgage here today. Um, Welcome to the 49th episode of the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast. Um, So today uh, we are, let's see, it's not necessarily real estate based. This is something that I'm kind of a dork about that I was really interested in and, you know, have a a fair amount of knowledge on, but I wanted to bring an expert in to kind of help share a little bit of, uh, fill some gaps for me on stuff that I don't quite understand as well. Um, And it definitely relates to finance because I do think this is where um, in the next 10 to 15 or 20 years, you're going to see a lot of financial applications kind of lean in this direction, if not fully move over because of the cost and effectiveness of it. But we're going to get into all that. Um, So today my guest is um, Amy Andrus Damron, right? Did I say it right this time? (laughs) now welcome Amy thank you for coming
1: thank you for having me Mike
0: um now Amy is a uh member relations director is that correct that's correct okay member relations director for the uh Texas blockchain Council which is something that I recently learned about within the last like six to eight months which I was very excited that such a thing existed by the way because um learning as much as I have over the last couple of years about blockchain and Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and all the stuff involved with that, um, I was super excited to see that there was an organization in Texas that was actually trying to lead the way on making Texas um, kind of one of the uh, innovators in this space, right? And so I was super excited to find out that this existed and then add another layer to it, which uh, Amy and I discussed when she came in today. Um, Amy and I went to high school together. (laughs) yes so um it was crazy i was online uh just kind of doing what i do sometimes looking up stuff trying to figure out um you know how i could expand my knowledge on on blockchain and crypto and i come across the um texas blockchain council and i'm looking at their podcast that they do every day and lo and behold there's amy (laughs) like what are the odds right
1: it is a small world yes and the the crypto space the bit Bitcoin space. Everybody is it, it. Once you get in, it's like, you know, everybody is yes. a small club right now. Yes. We're hoping it becomes bigger. That's right. And that's part <laughs> of what you're doing, right? Absolutely.
0: So, so let's start first with, um, tell me how, because we talked a little bit about how you kind of got here before you got here, but, uh, before you got on the podcast, um, so you were a teacher and a coach, um, and you were an athlete in high school because I remember that, and you coached all the way through, um, you know, your your early 20s, I would assume, right into your 30s. That's correct. So how does a teacher slash coach go from that <laughs> into becoming um, a, you know, a, a, let's call it, let's call yourself an influencer in the in the blockchain and crypto space? How does that even happen?
1: I appreciate it. Well, that's very complimentary. Thank uh, you. I don't know that I would get that far with it, but you know what? I follow this um instagram page it's called teacher misery okay and she coaches teachers on how to get out of teaching and you know how all of those skills are so transferable in other areas yes um and i am a recovering educator took some time off to be home with my two sons and um one of the friends that wait by the way
0: back up yeah so you said that term earlier and i love it what is it again
1: recovering educator perfect
0: love it i got (laughs) i got plenty of teacher friends out there that will love that one
1: I mean you got to have to get
0: yourself a t-shirt on that one you gotta trademark that statement
1: i like that <laughs> i didn't hook up with the teacher misery person that's right go that's right on that yep. <laughs> but so many skills are transferable yeah and when i was ready to re-enter the workforce after taking some time off to be home with my boys um one of our park friends that we ran around with she had kids similar age she said hey my husband lee is uh, super swamped right now business is booming. He needs an assistant. Would you come on and help take some work off his plate? And I said, sure. Yeah. So I started as executive administrator, executive okay. assistant. Right. I don't know. I guess that, that term is dated now. I don't know. Yeah. Have you you were, those? you
0: were, you were helping out. You I were helping saying. all kinds of things. Cause I'm sure <laughs> that, that, that title encompasses everything, right?
1: It certainly did. Yeah yes so i was scheduling i was helping with emails but what really hooked me was the events i got to welcome people in get them their name tag get them you know
0: so kind of did pr to some extent for it as well
1: yes yeah exactly yeah yeah. and in so talking to the members i just learned about the space and here i am
0: and you got real excited about learning about crypto and blockchain and all of those things that come around with it, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Because it was foreign language to me. I was like, what what even is this?
0: Well, that's the thing is it's foreign language to everybody. And, you know, again, we talked about this when we when you got here. But, you know, for me personally, when, um, right before the pandemic hit in 2020 is when for whatever, and I don't even remember the exact circumstances to why I got someone interested in it. I think maybe a friend had brought it up or something, but, um, but I'd started seeing more and more stuff about Bitcoin. And so I was like, well, you know, let me see what this is. And what I did actually was I had like, you know, I think I took like a hundred bucks or a couple hundred dollars and I, I opened a Coinbase account and I just bought some Bitcoin. Cause I was like, let me just see what it's all about. Right. Cause I figured the best way to learn about it was to kind of put a little skin in the game. So that way, I mean, it was, like I said, it was like a hundred dollars, wasn't much, but but that made me more interested. So now I was watching YouTube videos, you know, stuff was coming up on my Twitter feed. Like, you know, it was just a regular inundation of information regarding Bitcoin specifically. And then of course that bleeds into blockchain and bleeds into Web3 and NFTs and all these other things that are involved with the blockchain. And so as I became more and more, uh, fascinated by the topic. Well, then, you know, at that time, because right before the pandemic hit, when everybody's at home and we all got a bunch of time on our hands, and then you got the, you know, the, the Robinhood app that became really popular during that point. Um, and so people could start investing small amounts of money. And so you start to see the 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 crypto exchanges just explode because everybody had time and to some extent money. And so um, so that's when I really started learning a ton about it and you know of course investing more and more and more and more and once you kind of fall into the rabbit hole you know and you understand what the technology is and what kind of um uh applications it could have for the future then you become in a place where you're like i really got to figure out how all this stuff works because if i can get ahead of the curve on this stuff and really understand where it's going and and what kind of what kind of what kind of applications the technology can be used for, then it creates all sorts of opportunities. Would you agree with that?
1: I totally agree. And you hear pe- people taking the orange pill, they get orange pilled, and then you fall down the rabbit hole. And yeah. But I liked how you laid it out, because first you're curious about The currency and then you're curious about the technology and then you're curious about the applications and then it just keeps going further 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 down yes Yes. and i haven't reached the bottom yet
0: no well i mean nobody has
1: it's like alice you know
0: (laughs) well you were you were doing uh because you uh do a podcast how often y'all do those is there any regular schedule weekly Uh we're
1: going through a bit of a reboot okay um i've had two co-hosts and um you know different circumstances life yes um but i'm hoping i could maybe work a relaunch is in the works it's not official yet okay so stay tuned on that
0: well i've watched a couple of those to try to get an idea of you know what you do and and um kind of your you know how you're involved with 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 everything that you do for texas blockchain and i was watching one the other day and i was sitting there going i have no idea what she's talking about because (laughs) even as much as i kind of you know, pride myself on having a pretty good understanding of how all this stuff works. Um, I was still lost (laughs) for what was going on because there's just, there's so many layers to it. And I don't think people understand how, how much depth there is in the crypto and blockchain area.
1: Exactly. And as you know, with the podcast, I mean, what lean do you take? Do you want to be educating people about it? Do you want to be updating people about it? Yeah. So we never really found our niche
0: because
1: mm-hmm. um, I would pitch it to my friends and family and be like, hey, watch this, watch this. And yeah. th- The feedback was the same. Like, I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Like, you're I, I tried to watch it, but I just I was so lost. It was like you were speaking Greek.
0: Yes. So- well, you have to decide if you're going to be, you know, the information that you're going to provide, is it for a very specific segment of the market, meaning the, only the people that understand that space and understand what's going on there or are you trying to educate the general population right so so that's kind of a bleed into the blockchain council so tell me a little bit about what you guys do you know kind of what your mission is in the state of texas and um you know what activities y'all get involved in on a regular basis
1: okay thank you so texas blockchain council is an industry association okay so 501c6 okay and we are pushing we want texas to be the place where Bitcoin, mining, the currency, the transaction, blockchain, all of the things that are encompassed in that rabbit hole are protected. Right. We want Texas to be a hub of innovation. And so our mission is to create the framework and then flush out the legislation. We have a lobbyist that then pushes said legislation through, we work to educate electeds, okay. we work to. Um, electeds the is electeds. that
0: is that the uh, like the senators and that's and what we call it that's state senators. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a term for that. The electeds. That's the funny. The
1: electeds, we- it's like they- the
0: infecteds, <laughs> close to it, right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly right 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 but you know you only get like 10 or 15 minutes with these people yeah if you do get into their office and what do you say how do you break it down in 10 to 15 minutes it's very hard a lot of time if you're you know you're you're not getting just moments with these people so um tbc helps you connect with your legislator they help you with the scripting even with uh we had to battle a bill 1751 it was going to strip away incentives for bitcoin miners okay um so we had to go on the defensive we held a rally in um austin on the wow. Capitol grounds okay. we uh set up this website where you could put in your zip code and find out exactly who your legislator was here's the email just boom put your address in and it'll send it off yeah. And so
0: make um, it easy for people it's Just plug and play precisely right
1: we hold networking events we hold educational events um we're trying to really drive some research coming out of some higher institutions higher ed mm-hmm. institutions mm-hmm. so there's a lot that we do but it all just boils down to making people more aware of this technology and how embracing it all works. It.
0: yes now um you guys do um a summit uh i want to say every year but i don't really know is it i mean how many years have y'all done the summit at this point we've
1: done it for three we're coming up on our third annual summit okay
0: and i've seen before i think you had uh ted cruz was there um did i see marco rubio no i don't think so what uh, so andrew yang andrew was yang there. yes that was okay.
1: huge um who else it, the summit we're removing it out of austin so the first two years we held it in austin okay and if you know austin austin is a hub of all things cryptocurrency metaverse web3 every other weekend there's a there's a summit conference going on. It's in kind of a,
0: okay. a mini Silicon Valley for Texas, essentially.
1: Exactly. Right. So we kind of made a risky move to um, relocate to Fort Worth. Okay. And um, Fort Worth, you're hopefully wondering why Fort Worth?
0: Uh, well, I'm not actually, because um, I actually, there was an article, oh, man, I think it was in Fortune magazine like yesterday that was talking about Fort Worth it being like the next awesome essentially, um, because of the amount of growth that's happening over there.
1: Yes, they want to be. And yep. um, Fort Worth is the only city in the U.S., the first and only city in the U.S. to be mining Bitcoin.
0: Oh, wow. The city is? The city. Really? The Texas. So Black- how does how does that work? Like, how does the city mine Bitcoin? Is <laughs> that just like, is that funded? I mean, I'm, I think it's great, but is it funded by like tax dollars or how does that work?
1: No. So in City Hall, the Texas Blockchain Council donated the equipment they plugged it in mm-hmm. and it's been running for about a year now. Um, in fact, Carlo Capua, he's uh, assistant to the mayor there in right. Fort Worth. He came and gave a presentation at TCU a couple of weeks ago, and he shared with us that it's earned the mining machine has earned a little over a thousand dollars.
0: Wow. OK, so they just have one miner.
1: Yes. OK, because okay. they started with two S9s, uh-huh. <laughs> which were the uh, older form of the ASIC miners. They didn't work so well. So they had to come in and switch out the S9s for one S19. But it wasn't the money generated. It wasn't the Bitcoin that was generated. They got so many media impressions. Mayor Maddie Parker got to go on all these news broadcasts and tout this. And uh, it was hugely impactful
0: to them. Yeah. Just to be one of the first ones that's doing it by itself. Whether you've got one mining machine or 500, it doesn't really matter. Um, Just the fact that there's a you know uh municipality in the country you know it's kind of like uh was it um uh the country bolivia no uh what was the the country in south america that actually made bitcoin like its reserve currency within the country you remember
1: yes is that brazil or argentina
0: argentina i think okay. is what it was um we'll probably get that wrong but either way um <laughs> But they've got a ton of publicity over that because they were basically buying up all kinds of Bitcoin to kind of keep their currency in balance, essentially. And so that in and of itself drove a ton of tourism and and all kinds of things in that direction. So, whenever you have a city in the United States that's saying, hey, look, we're going to be, we want to be the first ones that actually start getting out there and using this technology to benefit the city, that's nothing but good publicity for anybody, regardless of how much you're mining
1: precisely right yes exactly you know and the next move is would they be able to keep it on their balance sheet you know that's what we're pushing towards right as of now no they convert it back into uh, as we say in the space fiat uh, paper money okay um
0: the the, the, down the road. it's it's always funny whenever well, okay well let's get we'll get into bitcoin in a second Let, let's start simple <laughs> first all right so um the title of the entity that you represent is texas blockchain council okay it's not texas bitcoin council okay now there's probably a very good reason for that um because when people think of cryptocurrencies they think of cryptocurrencies and they think of bitcoin and they think of maybe ethereum or whatever but they they don't think of blockchain right and what i don't think people understand is that the technology that drives all of this whether it be nfts web3 bitcoin ethereum any cryptocurrency out there it's all driven by blockchain okay so if i was seven years old and you were trying to explain blockchain to me how would you describe it
1: i would say so now you're gonna maybe dig into the teacher
0: <laughs> that's right you're a former teach- teacher you got to be able to explain <clears throat> this to me
1: so it is a i can't use the word distributed because that would go over a seven-year-old's head it's okay. open book okay you could see the origin of something. You could see the transaction or the exchange of something. You could follow it through multiple transactions Right. and it's laid out in front. Nobody is controlling it. Nobody is writing it. It's doing it on its own. It's operating automatically. I think that's what I would say.
0: So, <laughs> so when you said, um, uh, what was the first word you used? Open? No, no, no. The, with the D. I, my distributed. Distributed. Okay. So I was thinking decentralized. So I would say that decentralized and distributed are similar terms in this case, right?
1: I never thought of that, but yes.
0: Because when we talk about um, blockchain, the, the true um, advantage to it essentially is that it is not centralized, right? When it comes down to all... From from my understanding, when it comes down to all cryptocurrencies and anything regarding blockchain in general, the biggest advantage is, is the decentralization of it. Because everybody that's on the network has essentially a copy, basically, of the ledger, exactly. right? And they all have to um, approve of transactions or uh, there's different methods these days between how those transactions get. Recorded and approved because there's uh, uh, what Bitcoin is the competition one. What's that called? Proof of work. Proof of work, and then Ethereum moved over to proof of stake. Yes. Right. Okay. So we won't get that far down into those things, but but that's just the basically verification of the transactions that happen. Um, the best way I've, I've heard it in my brain to say is it's it's like a ledger, right? It's an accounting ledger of transactions. Okay, but the ledger of transactions that are being recorded are public to anybody that wants to see it right but they're not it doesn't say mike mills you know sold bitcoin to whomever right it says wallet number blah 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 you know it's like what are most wallets like 25 characters long or something like that yes
1: uh, letters and numbers yes yes
0: so um so that wallet transformed or transitioned to that wallet now granted you know i remember i don't know if you remember back in the day do you remember silk road Yes, okay, so Silk Road was um an underground website or or web server essentially that did a lot of really bad things <laughs> essentially right, and a lot of it was transacted in Bitcoin at the time um because there was a there was a thought that bitcoin was um, uh, um anonymous right and would you say that bitcoin's anonymous
1: not a hundred percent no I mean because of what you're describing, like you right. could see address to address. Correct.
0: And if you have the powers of seeing IP addresses and <laughs> things where this stuff is being transacted, then say like if you're the federal government, then you could go in and find where those uh, wallets are being tagged to and then go after those people. So so I would say that, you know, Bitcoin is certainly um, uh, it, it's it it keeps, or I should say the blockchain keeps the information transparent, but it doesn't give everybody access to know who's doing what. You just know the transactions are happening.
1: Precisely. And and the other important thing about the decentralized part is that there is no one individual that is in charge of recording all of this.
0: Correct. Right. So, so you're saying that everybody kind of gets a say, which makes it the, the word that I hear used a lot is immutable right? Right. Where, um, if someone were to try to go in and hack the system essentially, then that would be picked up very, very quickly because everybody within the network, if it's a thousand or 2000, how many people are actually, do you know the number of, of like computers operating or miners operating on the bit on just Bitcoin <sighs> specifically? Do you have any idea?
1: I don't know. I, I was thinking in the tens of thousands, but no.
0: Okay. it. it's long. a lot. Yes. Either way. Um and so all of those have to basically agree and record that that transaction was happening and if something is wrong about it because the whole idea of the blockchain is it's a chain of blocks of transactions and they all link up to each other. So if you go back, you know, 10 blocks or whatever and it doesn't let it doesn't line up with the one that's at the top, then the network says no, no, no. That's
1: right. right? It operates on a consensus mechanism consensus. so a majority yes. of the blocks have to agree that that's the correct and true right representation of the data. now
0: imagine if uh, if imagine if government spending was recorded <laughs> on the blockchain and how much transparency would be there right
1: i think um, a lot of people would be cut. um
0: not doing so great things yeah yeah i saw there was um this is, this is the conspiracy hole here a little bit but there um so the government does an audit every year of every department in uh in the federal there's an audit department that does a transaction recording on every department in the federal government well they do it like every four years i think they do an audit every year but it's a different department every year and um so the defense department um has never passed the audit not one time they've done it 20 times they've never passed the audit and it's by you know there was uh the thing that happened right before nine eleven was uh the donald rumsfeld had come out and said the defense department had lost 2.6 trillion dollars that they couldn't account for <laughs> and then 9 11 happens or whatever but but the the idea is that the government that is such such a centralized uh system um isn't necessarily a huge fan of everything being decentralized especially when it comes to monetary uh interests would you agree with that I would agree with that yes I
1: would agree with that although they are pushing a central bank digital currency
0: yes well and we're going to get into that too um okay so so now that we kind of have an understanding of what blockchain is right it's a decentralized ledger that is transparent and immutable where people cannot go in and mess around with it and make any changes to it so uh which means it's very secure which means that if you're making transactions over the blockchain then you can feel pretty confident that there's not going to be any um, there's a different word I use, but I won't use it for this one. But there's not going to be any uh, <laughs> anything anybody playing any games, okay? Okay. So, um, so then let's talk about um, Bitcoin specifically, okay? Because that's what everybody understands. So, can you tell everybody a little bit, like a little bit of a brief history of Bitcoin and how it kind of came about?
1: Yes, I can. I mean, I know in the halls of TBC, we suggest the reading of read Satoshi's white paper.
0: Okay. Tell everybody what a white paper is. A
1: white paper is a description of a process, a description of a an idea. Okay. Um, a report, I guess, so to speak. Yep. And um, did you hear that these are like hidden in the Mac? In your, if you have an Apple computer, you can actually like it's hidden in the code of your computer. Did you, you ever see that?
0: I think I do remember seeing that <laughs> something like that somewhere. But yes, yes, I yes, think so yeah, because everybody, just, oh yeah, because everybody thinks Satoshi was Steve Jobs. <laughs> Right? Is that where that comes from? So. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I'm with, think, you. I'm with um, you. I'm with you.
1: I'm with you. So this uh, the white paper is recommended reading, and then there's a book called The Bitcoin Standard. Okay. It was by an individual, um, Safe Dean is his last name. Okay. Super dry because it starts at the beginning about the history of money, but if you start at the back half, you get to learn about what what Bitcoin is. Right. So, um, what is Bitcoin? Gosh, it's um, a peer-to-peer system. Um, it's a currency. It um, is right now, one of the only proof of work currencies that is available.
0: Can you, can you briefly say what proof of work is?
1: So proof of work is the computers are uh, all verifying the blocks. As we said, this requires energy. It requires, yep. um, you know, ad- What mining is precisely. So yep. mining the, the computers are solving for a knots, a number. And if they Guess that number, mm-hmm. then they get the block reward, which right, right. now is 6.25 Bitcoin. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, we're coming up on the halving.
0: 6.25?
1: 6.25. Yes. Bitcoin would be the reward if you're mining you get computer. S- you
0: get six Bitcoin uh-huh. for
1: 6.25. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. You, okay. You're like having a right. <laughs> <mining> machine, <laughs> right.
0: I need to go get a mining machine. Goodness gracious. Okay. Yeah. yeah go ahead.
1: But that'll go down to three point change. Yes. Because of the
0: halving. Yes. Which is a whole other thing. Right. Right. Right.
1: Exactly. Um, but nobody knows who Satoshi Nakamoto was. It yeah. could have been an individual, it could have been a group of people. Um, you know, they just sort of put this in motion and stepped back and
0: yeah, that's the craziest thing about it is that so that it this happened right after the financial crash in two thousand eight is when the white paper was written or presented or whatever. And um and the guy who wrote it, who nobody knows who he is, right. um Created this, you know, distributed ledger. Basically, invented the blockchain, and and it just started kind of building from there. And you know, just like anything else, it starts uh, small with a small group of people. I think there's the famous story of the guy who bought a pizza with like. Two hundred Bitcoin or something like that, you know. Yes. And it was... That was
1: on May twenty third. Actually, we just had a celebration. Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. How much? How many Bitcoin was it? It was ten thousand Bitcoin. Ten thousand Bitcoin. Okay, so <laughs> to give you an idea, Bitcoin right now is pricing out at around. Tw- I think it's down a little bit today, but it was like twenty five. Let's say it's twenty six thousand dollars per Bitcoin. So this was ten thousand of those. So if if that guy had ten thousand of those Bitcoin today, he would be worth a lot of money. um So, but then it just kind of slowly started building and building and building. And so I was telling you earlier that, you know, in my little circle of the world here, when I try to talk to people about this stuff, um, the way I always demonstrate or try to explain how Bitcoin works is like, what is it? It's just like fake. Like, how do we even know who got the money? And so I, I say, okay, I have a piece of paper. All right. And let's say Amy and I decide that this piece of paper, we're going to it's one piece of paper. We're going to tear it in half. She gets half and I get half. And we decide between the two of us that we're going to exchange goods with this paper, just you and me. Right. And so I want to buy your shoes because I think your shoes are amazing. So I'm going to give you half of my half a piece of paper and you're going to give me your shoes. Right. Well, this is our version of a currency. Nobody else is involved in this. This is just you and me. Right,
1: We agree upon it.
0: We agreed upon it. And then Johnny comes along and says, hey, what are you guys doing over here? And I say, well, we're we're what's this paper and what are you trading? I don't understand. And like, well, we're saying that the paper He's like, well, I want to get involved in that. So you give him half of your paper and I give him half of my paper. And now we all three have this paper and we all decide that we're going to buy tacos and shoes and <laughs> whatever it is with this paper that the three of us have decided to create. Right. So the the security or the value in that paper is only assigned by the three of us in that particular circumstance, right? right? So take that and now multiply that by thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. And that's how you get a, a currency you know, that people can have faith because they decide they want to put faith in it. I mean, the U.S. dollar is not backed by anything other than the what is it, the faith and uh trust of the US government. Essentially all our tanks and guns is what backs the US dollar. Right. Yes. yes. So it's it's the 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 differences are are negligible in what they're actually based off of because they're not dollars are not based off gold anymore. And Bitcoin's just a it's a digital currency that people are choosing to use to transact and hold value. And it went from being worth point zero 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 one to now it's worth $25,000. So there certainly is there are people that want to have that value. Would you agree with that?
1: I would totally agree. Yes, I would. It is all about the participating parties. Like you said,
0: mm-hmm. you know, you
1: can opt in Yes, or you can opt out. Correct. You know, if you decide come a given point, this isn't for me. I don't see the value in this then simply.
0: So why do you think people opt in?
1: <sighs> why do people opt in? I think it starts with the curiosity. Mm-hmm. I think the more that they dig in and start learning, I think the more interested they get. Yep. And um, I think the more people that you meet that that exchange with Bitcoin, it just it's it's almost I don't want to say it's a contagion because that sounds bad, but
0: it, Well, it's a little. Um, I don't like to use the word cultish, but it kind of <laughs> is that to a certain extent. I mean, it really is. If you're being honest, right? It's because sure. it's. You have to you have to kind of buy into it a little bit to understand and the growth that it's had over the last you know five years let's just say um obviously has been tied to the fact that it went from you know i don't even know what if you go back to 2023 you go back to 2018 maybe it was worth Eight thousand dollars per, five thousand. I don't know. That. I don't have the graph in front of me, but you know, then it shoots all the way up to almost seventy thousand per Bitcoin, and then you know, comes crashing back down. But when you look at the cycles over time, uh, is what has happened specifically with Bitcoin, there are all these big swings up and down because it's a new technology and people don't understand it, right? And when you're putting money into something like that, that is um, for the masses, is something that's new and and. You know you could say it's innovative you can say it's untested it's certainly unregulated um as it currently stands all of that creates volatility right
1: precisely and and the market never closes it's, right it's not like the S&P where you know they there's quitting time it's it's all day every day it never stops and so you know if you just get a wild hair and at midnight 2am you can hop on and you can Get you some.
0: How much do you guys, as a as a council, how much do y'all have to spend time, like, actually educating people on what it is?
1: I would say, honestly, our our member body is a majority Bitcoin, and we they're called Bitcoin Maxis. Okay. Um, that would I be love a all the all the terminology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is solely. Bitcoin.
0: Yes. They don't believe in any other cryptocurrencies. It's just Bitcoin. Correct. Right. So,
1: you know, within this cult, if you want to call it that, there's tribalistic sort of mentalities that sure. you, know, you get the backsies and then you get the ones that do, you know, combination. And then yeah. you have, you know, so where was I even going with that? Well, I think, you know, the or How much time do we have to spend. Educating? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not much because most people that come to the council have a baseline understanding. Yes.
0: Well, it's kind of like, um, I always relate it to, um, like the early nineties when the internet started, right? When the internet came out, there were, and we remember this because we were of that age, but anybody that's younger may not, but you had, um, let's say you had search engines, you had Yahoo, you had Alta Vista, you had, um, Netscape, you had, uh, Google, you had all of these different Options that you could use in ways that you could go about searching through the internet because the whole idea behind using the World Wide Web was there was a ton of information. I mean, obviously it took time to build up, but it was like, well, okay, how do I get to the information? Right, like that was the always always the thing. It's like, well, it may somebody may have what I'm looking for on a website, but if I don't know the name of the website or where to find it, then I need something to help me get to that point, and that's why the searching becomes such a Goliath in that, in that area or in, in, on the internet, because that was the main avenue that people used to find the information they were looking for. So, you know, anytime you have multiple, um, in this case, multiple search engines competing for people's eyeballs, well, somebody's going to win, right? Or someone's going to be the leader of that, which ultimately now we all know is, you know, is Google. And so, um, so I always kind of equate the crypto space to that a little bit as to, you know, they're all, I think that they're different. And we'll get into that in just a second as far as what they do, um, because Bitcoin really is kind of a currency, but I think Ethereum is different. I think Ethereum is more of a platform that uses their ether in their platform to, to conduct uh, business. But, um, but once you kind of understand that they're all kind of competing a little bit for the same space well then somebody ultimately is going to win and right now Bitcoin it was the first one out of the shoot it's so far been the most um uh what's the word I'm looking for it like dependable I guess or the most secure is the word I'm looking for there sure. um and uh and because the person that created it nobody knows who he is and there hasn't been any you know any shenanigans that are involved with it it's been the one that's kind of stood the test of time right I agree
1: with you I agree with you yes and I I think the- the cryptocurrencies that came after bitcoin have kind of shopped the characteristics of it and you know then added their own you know functionalities
0: and what would you say the difference is between say bitcoin and like dogecoin <laughs> so a everybody's meme, everybody's favorite a
1: meme coin so it was something that came up as a joke uh-huh. um it's proof of stake uh-huh. versus proof of work uh-huh. um there's infinite numbers whereas with bitcoin there's there will ever only be 21 million. Yes. Um, you know, uh,
0: I think that's the biggest thing is the Bitcoin has a, a a cap, right? Right. It's, they're not going to be any more than 21 million. That's it. Now, what do you ever say when people say, well, how does that work? Because that means that, you know, once it's all bought up, you can't get any more. What, what's your response to that?
1: Well, then that's the point where I talk about Satoshi's and Uh how there's a hundred thousand. I always get this number wrong. Is it a hundred thousand Satoshis in a Bitcoin or 100. Million. Oh, did they? Is that it? Does it have a name now? Yes, it's yes. called Satoshis. So, yes. I didn't even know smaller that. Smaller increments of okay. Bitcoin. Wow. Um, okay.
0: So it actually has, it's like a penny. It's like a penny <laughs> compared to a dollar. It's, it's a Satoshi. Okay. All right. Precisely. I did not know that.
1: Yes. And, you know, even after in 2140, all the Bitcoin will be mined. Right. Okay. 2140. Uh, but even as people are exchanging it, interacting with it, there'll be exchange fees. Mm-hmm. So it'll still be generating uh which is what point, the
0: miners will do right right yes okay well so from way i understand it is in what the way i tried to explain it before is so yes there is a cap 21 million of bitcoin that'll ever be produced but but you can subdivide that 21 million i mean really into infinity essentially because you can just keep adding zeros right point zero 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 you know all the way through um so if one bitcoin one day becomes What's, what's the, have you heard the highest estimate on what they think? Proje- I know it's all like, you know, future, who knows, projections, whatever.
1: The highest estimate I've ever heard is 1 million.
0: 1 million dollars. Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think I heard the other day that someone said it'd be worth, one Bitcoin could be worth 10 million dollars. Oh, like wow. 10 or 15 years. <laughs> um, which would be great. But, uh, but, but you can divide that downward in, in as many different increments as you want to still be able to use it if you actually do use it as a currency. Uh, um. <clears throat> from what your understanding is the the difference between we were talking about Bitcoin specifically, but when you get into other cryptocurrencies, okay. So um, for me, I've heard of things that are like you know uh, the term like oracles and um, where you know so like Ethereum. From what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong. Ethereum is a uh, it's almost like a web platform to some extent because you can build applications on top of it right, right. cuz it's a uh, smart contract um crypto
1: correct okay
0: and with the smart contract um when you build so like if you and i were going to place bets for example right we're going to bet on a football game you say the cowboys are going to win and i say the redskins are going to win and we put our 25 ether into a smart contract and then an oracle takes that information once the the results are in essentially and then puts it result into the smart contract and then the contract automatically gives the money to you or me depending on the result
1: right is that how that works that's a really good way to explain it
0: well i like to gamble so
1: (laughs) and did you know a lot most of the cryptocurrency exchanging is happening in gambling and gaming oh really video gaming and then okay uh, yeah casinos
0: that's the, uh, the underground part of it, I guess, right? Yes. Where they're Although
1: keep... some people would say that could be the More doorway secure. to mass adoption too.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, it always starts that way. Right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I hate to say it, but, um, I think one of the drivers behind the internet originally was, uh, you know, inappropriate, uh, videos that you could find online. Right. <laughs> so, so it's not, it's not an unusual thing that, um, the, the kind of the underbelly of society uses some of this technology first before not that I mean look people gamble all the time it's not it's not underbelly but it certainly is depending on where you live and depending on what state you're in on what the legality of it is you know if you're doing online betting but I guess that's an easy way to transact and not have to worry about it plus I mean because it does get transferred the way it does with the blockchain you're pretty you feel pretty secure about it right
1: yes precisely yeah yes
0: um So what other cryptocurrencies that you're aware of are starting to kind of gain traction within the last like three or four years?
1: You know, Ethereum, we were watching that closely because they recently transitioned out of proof of work to Mm -hmm. proof of stake. And um, I think that was a pretty incredible transition and it went well. And um, they got out from under the environmentalist eyes, unfortunately. A lot of the narrative that Bitcoin is a energy hog and is creating a huge carbon footprint. So, because they of the energy, that. it sucks
0: to do the mining? Precisely. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Precisely. Um, other tokens or other platforms that are on our radar, I could not tell you. Um,
0: they kind of move in and out depending they do. on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's been so much um, in the last, really, just in the last 12 months between all of the controversial, you know, uh the FTXs of the world that have kind of gone down. It's it's caused a lot of issues with people having faith in just cryptocurrencies in general, right?
1: Right. And How USDT, that US USDT and USDC are sort of interesting because they're more of a stable coin.
0: Okay. So that's a good thing. Tell everybody what a stable coin. So is. a
1: stable coin is backed by something physical. Right. So that could be money, gold, or uh fill in the blank. Even we're seeing that people are putting like real estate behind it. Gotcha. Right.
0: So it's, it's backed by an asset of some kind.
1: Exactly. Okay. Um, and so that sometimes is a safe place for people to dip a toe because they can see that they're, you know, what's behind it. It
0: doesn't fluctuate either.
1: Precisely. It will fluctuate with whatever that asset that's backing it, but
0: like the dollar, if it's backed by dollars, it'll fluctuate that way. And isn't that where, um, it wasn't FTX. There was another one that kind of got into trouble because they were using the stable coin. What was the stable Luna?
1: Oh yes, the Terra Luna yes. debacle. Yes. So what yes. happened there? So they were commingling funds. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I don't know the exact details of it, but they were funding the project with, the with token. their own
0: token that they were using as the backing of it, precisely. Right, right. So so.
1: you heard the analogy; it's a house of cards. There was nothing that was supporting it, nothing that was yeah. behind it.
0: Well, that, I think that's what scares people a lot about the space, is because it's not regulated right now. And you know, I think it would surprise most people to say that, you know, everybody that operates in the blockchain. Um, you know, universe or whatever. You guys are trying. Y'all actually want regulation. You're you're not trying to keep it unregulated, right?
1: Precisely. In fact, one of our bills, it was the House Bill sixteen sixty six. It's a proof of reserve, proof of liability. So any exchange, any cryptocurrency company that's wanting to do business in Texas will have to undergo these audits at regular intervals to make sure that there is indeed the assets backing right. that particular token coin. Uh, fill in the blank there.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is that blockchain itself as a technology is fantastic in what it can do because of its security. The downside is is you still have human beings that are involved.
1: <laughs> human nature. Yes, Reage and ugly head.
0: and people. I think they 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 conflate the two, right? Because. Someone says, you know, obviously you see the price of Bitcoin go up and down, but then you also see, you know, the, the FTXs of the world and the, you know, Binance has gotten into trouble and all of these things, the Terra Luna debacle and all that stuff happened and people go, wait a minute, these, this, this whole thing is just filled with, you know, chaos. And it's like, well, it, yes and no, but if you relate it to something like, say, um, uh, in the 20s where you had uh, uh, prohibition, right, you could not sell alcohol. Okay. Well, alcohol. I mean, I don't want to equate alcohol in the blockchain, but they're just—it's just a thing, right? It's not a—it's doesn't do anything inherently of itself. It's a tool, right? So it's who wields the tool and who uses the tool. That's the problem. Yes. And so when when alcohol was illegal, well, then you have you know you have gangsters and you have you know criminals of all sorts getting involved in transacting this problem we have this today in the in the uh, drug trade is you have all these bad actors and and criminals that are involved in the space because it's not regulated or it's not managed by any uh, uh federal government so everybody can feel safe about operating there and so when you take that and you put it into saying that all these assets because people are doing it whether or not we want them to or not right i mean it's the cat's out of the bag at this point right exactly so it's up to organizations like you that you guys are to try to help people understand how it works number one but then also make sure that our regulators understand that we have to get controls and we have to get regulation in that space because if we don't then there's a lot of people that can suffer because they're going to get involved with it one way or another
1: exactly right exactly and and we 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 write a fine line because Yes, we want to regulate it, but we don't want to stifle it. So, we want there to be guardrails. We want there to be space for everybody to operate and get their businesses and and these ideas off the ground. We don't want to crush it. And, you know, you gave the example of Coinbase earlier. I mean, they're looking to go overseas because right now the SEC has been ruling by enforcement. They just come down and smack (laughs) anybody who's doing wrong and it doesn't, there never seems to be a rhyme or reason for who they target and who they're going for next. And it's made the entire um, industry very uneasy.
0: <clears throat> why do you think that the federal government pushes back so hard against this? Why are why are they coming after you know crypto as as much as they are, and not and not trying to? I know there's some people that are trying to build bridges there, but but as a whole, it seems like the federal government's not trying to do that.
1: I agree. I think it's a control thing. Mm-hmm. This challenges their control of us because
0: they have a central bank.
1: Exactly. Yes. Right. <clears throat> so. This is very threatening to them
0: yes so speaking of that um why don't you tell everybody what a cbdc is
1: (laughs) cbdc is a central bank digital currency okay um in texas we are super anti-cbdc in fact ted cruz was on board with that he took it up to uh, dc but it would be a, a coin i don't know that it would be a stable coin necessarily but it would be a currency that would be controlled by government right by the central by the bank. central bank <clears throat> and um and there's why is that some a bad theories thing? that the reason why government is trying to squelch all this cryptocurrency is so that they can come at, swoop in if you will and say well here's a better idea here's right. what we propose
0: well china's already um they are already testing out um a central bank digital currency in china right now they're they they have not had mass adoption because they're trying it out in certain markets but from my understanding the the what they're trying to do with it essentially is say okay all of your money is now tied to the central bank so they can see every transaction you make they can record and watch every single dollar that you spend essentially and where the real kicker comes in is they have control to basically turn it off if they don't like what you're doing and it's kind of um you know anytime I talk to people about privacy stuff you know when we discuss because you know dealing in banking all the time we talk about people's privacy and and documents and information and financial information and when you joke about you know Siri listening to your phone calls and you know and all this like oh well I don't have anything to hide like that's always like I don't have anything to hide and my response to that is always like well yes based on who gets to say what you do is right or wrong right now sure you may not have anything to hide but what happens when a person gets in control or power of that decision making on who gets to decide what's right and wrong right exactly and that's where the privacy things comes into such a big player and that's why the cbdc's in in my opinion are a terrible idea because if the federal government can then decide what i don't say they don't they don't get to decide what you spend your money on but if they can decide when you're allowed to spend your money that's a problem.
1: This is a big problem. And right? surveillance is going to be the name of the game there. Yes. Because like you said, they could see every transaction. They can, you know, halt any transaction if they don't like where you're spending. It's just a terrible idea. And with only, let's see, the day's 25th, four days left of the Texas 88th session, mm-hmm. we do have a resolution that is in the pipeline somewhere. And we're still holding out hope that it could still
0: To try uh, to, pass. I think, did I see, was it in florida maybe i think i think desantis might have actually passed something that said they would not accept any cbdc's is that right that's correct okay he's he's everybody's favorite out there these days (laughs) um at least in one side of the world um okay so uh so we understand a little bit what blockchain is we understand a little bit what bitcoin is um we understand a little bit of some of the other cryptocurrencies and how they're involved um nfts Okay. Cool. This is always something that throws people for a loop all the time. Yes. So, um again, how would you explain what an NFT is?
1: I don't NFTs. Okay. I read this book on the airplane. An NFT is a way to prove ownership of yes. an object. Okay. A digital a object. Digital object, okay. Um and it shows the provenance provenance who created it, when it was created, who right. it was transferred to, so what we're talking about with the open ledger. And it uses the blockchain. The tra- it uses the blockchain. And all
0: of this uses the blockchain. Yes. <sighs> and CBDCs artists really will like use the this. Yes.
1: Artists really like this because you, after you sell a, a piece of art the first time, yeah. you get a yes, you get the commission, you get your money, but then if that piece of art gets sold again or again or again, you don't get to see that money back to you. But right. if you were to put this on the blockchain, the NFT, you could as the artist receive a reward every time your piece of art is exchanged.
0: Yes, it's a it's a programmed residual essentially. So when you create those NFTs, um, and I've it, it, I think it's taken off so much in the in the collectible space because it's just the easiest adaptation for people to understand essentially but um and you'll see a lot of artists not when i say artists i don't necessarily mean like painters because obviously they've got like the board apes and all you know board ape yacht club and all that stuff but even athletes are getting into it too um where you know it's like a baseball card essentially but the difference is is when the baseball card gets traded to somebody else or sold to somebody else that athlete That created that actually gets paid every single time which is fantastic you know and i've heard um on the in the music world um where they're trying to push things towards is so if i'm uh if i'm the foo fighters one of my favorite bands and i create an album right well i can create an nft of that album that is you know if i want to create 300 thousand copies of it or whatever the number is well every single time that that album gets sold or or traded then i as the artist get a percentage of that sale every single time and so now you get to hold that as a you know like again some of it's collectible stuff but i've even heard like concerts um we went to Lollapalooza last year and i've seen somewhere where they were talking about so the pass that you get to go to Lollapalooza is actually an nft and the way it works is if you have a certain nft that you purchased then you get access to certain parts of the concert that otherwise you wouldn't and then it's just like if i had a ticket to the rolling stones in 1962 right well how do i authenticate that my ticket stub that now is a collectible for any rolling stones fan is actually the the actual ticket stub well with the nfts because they're recorded on blockchain that's what that we is.
1: can. Yes. I, I love that. I, I want to learn more about NFTs and I want to invite anybody who's in the NFT space and Web3 space. We need those voices heard at the Texas Blockchain Council. We need people working because our session will be two years from now. Texas legislature meets Again,
0: F- so you got to get ready.
1: Yeah, we got to get ready. And yes. we need to have these voices at the table to help us build this regulation. That- well,
0: in our world, so in real estate and mortgages, <clears throat> where um, NFTs, I think, they're not there yet, but because again it's it's regulation it's the state being okay recognizing these but imagine a world where um you build a house okay and you go in and say I'm DR Horton and I'm building this property and so on the blockchain I've recorded who the contractor was who the plumber was what the costs were um everything that I did in the construction of that how much I paid for the land what the taxes were at that time all of that stuff is recorded on the blockchain okay and then every single time the properties and and oh by the way that's an NFT because this is what I've recorded to say that this ownership or title, because we have, we have real life NFT now. They're called recorded titles. I mean, that's, that's what you get when you go down to and you want to take your spouse off the you know, the deed of your house or whatever. I mean, a deed is, a, is basically an NFT. That's what it is. It's just a physical NFT and not a digital NFT. And so, um, so now if, if I, every single time that house gets sold, okay, it gets recorded on the blockchain and that NFT gets transferred, Okay, well, there could be a world where Dr. Horton gets paid. And that that's where, when I say this, because it I don't like the idea of it, but this is how things get adopted. When there's profit involved, people say, oh, I want to do that, right? right? So if the builder's like, wait a minute. So every single time I sell a house from here into perpetuity on one that I built, I can make $1,000? It's like, yeah, you could if you want to. Um, but that NFT changes ownership, and that's your proof. Now, the downside in our industry, though, is that right now, You know, we have mortgages, we have real estate agents, and we have title. Okay. So the ones that NFTs would affect would be title. And the reason for that is because part of title's job is they do two things they're a third party intermediary. So if I give money, I'm not giving it to a seller when I write earnest money. And when the bank transfer funds, I'm not sending it to the seller. We're sending it to the title company and they distribute the money. So they're a third party intermediary. Now, just imagine if there was a smart contract that took care of that right Uh then um, their other job is to research the title history of that property to make sure that someone doesn't come back and make claims to say no my grandmother's grandfather owned that land and they never consulted me Blah 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 well when you pay title insurance when you buy a house that's the whole point the title insurance is to protect you if someone comes about and makes a claim to your property well the state of Texas sets the title policy, the, the amount of the policy every year. So like title companies don't actually set the, the premiums. The state of Texas does. Okay. So you pay the same whether you use Old Republic title or Allegiance title or whoever. So, so now imagine a world where the, all of the transactions that have occurred, the entire chain of title is on the blockchain. And it takes half a second to verify as an individual because I could go on the blockchain and check and see. Precisely who owned it when and all that kind of stuff well i don't really need title insurance anymore do i this would
1: be a very disruptive very disruptive technology and not just to real estate no have you heard california has their dmv is using blockchain for their driver's licenses and such really so yes like this is happening
0: see i think uh we should vote on the blockchain. Want, oh, my goodness. You right. want to wanna get all the, uh, all the who cheated in voting and the machines and all this other stuff? I, I think there's a real easy solution to that.
1: Think about medical records. Yes. Everything. Everything.
0: Yes. And, and that, I think that is the part where the, the reason I get frustrated by the cryptocurrency part of it is because that clouds the whole thing. You know what i mean because yes. because there's so much money involved and people lose money and people get cheated and all this other stuff that happens because of all the trading of the cryptocurrencies people lose sight of of the of what the underlying technology is which is the blockchain and what that's starting to do i don't know if you've heard this um so i've i read this somewhere i don't know if this is true but you know who knows so in the midwest <clears throat> there are uh, independent farmers that are um They've created a, an, it's basically like an insurance blockchain co-op where uh, these aren't big farms. These are small farms where they put money every month. They pay a premium into a smart contract. Okay. Nice. And they have built within the smart contract to measure uh, precipitation, uh, rainfall levels, um, drought, uh, you know, big storms. Like they have all this, all this data that gets input into the smart contract. And so they know, obviously, where your farm is. They know what kind of crops you produce. They know how much you spend on corn and all this other stuff. It's all recorded. And instead of state farm or farmers being the insurance company, okay, all of these farmers co-op into the blockchain. And so if something happens that's catastrophic on your property because of bad weather, because of drought or, or you know some sort of infestation of uh, disease or whatever the, that kills your crops, well, that data gets put into the smart contract and then that person gets paid out the premiums. So they don't need an insurance company. So it's like the whole, the whole concept of the blockchain and what it does is that it, it, it takes the need of a third party intermediary and it essentially eliminates it yes, it does. once, once you scale it out. Now, I mean, it's, we're going to take a long time to get there. It's not going to happen overnight. That's why we need guys like you, you know, and, and groups like you guys out there pushing. But, uh, but that's the thing that gets me so excited about it. Now it scares the hell out of me as a mortgage lender. <laughs> Because like I am the third party here, but um, you know but I do think that the the technology itself has so many applications that get lost in the shuffle of all of the cryptocurrencies and crypto bros yeah. that um, it's really it's it saddens me because if more people understood what it is and what it does, I think that the adoption level would happen much quicker.
1: Yes, it, we have a committee within the, the Texas Blockchain Council called uh, Enterprise Blockchain Special Interest Group. Okay, and they just published two white papers about the implications of distributed ledger technology. Um, those are on our website on the policy page. I'll, I'll shoot them over to you. I think okay. you would really appreciate yes. it. But yeah. um, you know, it, and one other thing I want to talk about is supply chain. Mm-hmm. Supply chain, and oh yeah imagine batch we as consumers, we want to know where, where our stuff came from. Our stuff came from. Yeah. Right. And we can track that from its origin to the store where we're buying it.
0: Were my eggs really farm fresh eggs? Exactly. Yes.
1: Were they really uh open pasture? What do they call it? Open range. Uh, free range.
0: Free range, yes. <laughs> I have free range chickens, by the way.
1: Oh, you do. I so do. my colleague yes. Steve. That's hilarious. Yes. I
0: have uh I have well, I started with eleven chickens and now I'm down to two because uh, you know, nature happens. Um different predators and whatnot. But, um, but yes, uh, you know, they're actually surprisingly easy to deal with. Uh, chickens are bad, but that's a whole other thing. Um, so why, when someone would ask you, you know, I don't want to invest in crypto because it's so volatile. I don't want to lose all my money. Um, what would your suggestion to be to them to start learning about how all this stuff works? Like, how would you, how would you recommend someone go about just to get started to figure out, okay, well, I, I want to learn about this. So how do I do that?
1: I would say, you know, look at the blockchain companies like Polygon, Polkadot. Um, you don't have to invest in the token per se, but you could invest in the company. Or just research. You know, we don't advise anybody to invest. Like, that's just...
0: So are they invest... Are they... When you say invest in the company, can you... They they traded on, like, the stock exchange? Exactly. Are they really?
1: Yes. If oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. So you could just kind of see... Get a feel, watch them, see what... what how they're tracking... Um, doing your due diligence, reading, doing the research. There's t- like you said, so much on YouTube. That's how um, I,
0: I mean, honestly, like I learned everything that I know from YouTube and I've, I've followed different people on different social media platforms that specialize in crypto stuff. Um, and I won't name any of them in particular because I, some of them, I was like, oh, this guy's great. And I love you all. So, and then you kind of learn a little bit more about them and you're like, oh, you know, it's just, it, it, listen, no matter what, space you're in whether it be finance or you be in crypto or you're in you know auto trading or whatever it is there's always going to be bad people that are have bad intentions that are going to try to screw people over like that doesn't change unfortunately not right yes it's it's that's just the nature of of human beings like <laughs> and it doesn't uh it doesn't get better depending on what industry you're in now unfortunately because crypto is unregulated as it currently stands um, and there's so much money in there because I think that's the thing too that maybe people don't realize is how much money is actually into this area. So I want I want to show. So you've given me some slides here. Oh yes,
1: this is an interesting uh, poll that we outsourced. Um, but what was really interesting was how much how many people ha- claim to own cryptocurrency in the state of texas okay it's significantly higher than the national average which is around um i think 15
0: is this but tell me when i get yes, to okay, the yes okay right here okay. so
1: um this is the no no go one more sorry one more. this is the age race breakdown of okay. who owns what so um the data shows that the younger you are, the greater the probability is that you own Bitcoin. So
0: you're saying the olds they don't like they don't like the Bitcoin. They huh? don't.
1: <laughs> they don't like it, and, and that's what we're running into. to at yep. the legislation because they're all old. Yeah. Well, the the house is young. Oh, really? They're younger. Okay. They're more about the innovation. Nothing gets old, people. Ideas. By the way,
0: I mean I'm, I'm basically old <laughs> we too. Can't throw, right, we we can't throw stuff. I'm, I don't mean to mean to say if anything's bad if you're old.
1: But the Senate airs on the elder side of things. Yes. And so, um, so a
0: little more pushback there,
1: precisely. Yes, yes, a yes. bit more. Um,
0: okay. So, and then you can see, then- well, I mean, this is favorable versus unfavorable, but I mean, it seems, I mean, th- this is all in Texas specifically. This is Texas only. I mean, the only ones that have like an unfavorable view of cryptocurrencies are just based on age. It has actually, when you look at demographics of, um, you know, white, African American, Hispanic, they're all that's odd. So, so the white people are 50/50. Isn't that funny? And you know what? I feel like when you go back and look at um, I don't want to get off on this, but just the vaccine when the hesitancy uh. occurred for that, it was mostly in minorities, groups that were hesitant on taking the vaccine, but that bec- that's because they don't trust you know they don't trust the government basically, right? right? So right. I guess I'm not surprised at all that Hispanic and, and African Americans are way more you know favorable of something like this because it doesn't involve the federal government.
1: That's a really good way to look at it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes totally. sense. All right. And then this is, uh, this goes down to the area, um,
1: they live? Keep going. I think
0: it's which are all favorable to. to. This Reasons is, for owning right?
1: Bitcoin, which I, I think of mm-hmm. that, see that third one from the bottom, support blockchain. That's, that's a lot of what you've been talking about today. That's-
0: okay. That's it's so they're they're the they're into Bitcoin because they support the the use of the blockchain and right. Okay, and then it's I mean it's pretty Democrat, Independent, Republican. They're all I mean there's not any big skews there. It all kind of looks the same. Um, these are your proposals, crypto owners. Ah, Here we go. Do
1: you now or have you ever owned any type of cryptocurrency like Bitcoin? Twenty nine percent of Texans said yes. Wow. Sixty nine percent said no.
0: That's odd. So people support it and they think it's a good thing, but they don't own any. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's just kind of the way it is, I suppose. Um,
1: and look at the difference between Republican and independent that pretty much
0: yeah, right saying. down the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's not even the Democrat side, it's not that big of a difference either. Um, do you, have you ever honed any crypto like, okay. Like big, a lot of Bitcoin
1: folks I find are lean more libertarian.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause they don't want the government involved in any of their stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, I kind of keep start pushing more in that direction myself these days. Um, how likely are you to purchase Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies? Now, this was in 2022, so it's a little bit older. Nice. Um, but man, that's wow, That's a lot of people that were planning on getting it.
1: Isn't that surprising? It's
0: like 86% of the people polled over 12 said it was unlikely that even though they don't own it right now, they're going to, they could see themselves being likely to purchase it in the, in the near future.
1: Very likely. Wow. The, yeah. We need to do a follow-up poll,
0: yeah, no doubt um, here's Bitcoin awareness in Texas they're kind of neutral what so why do you think Texas is driving you know what what makes Texas unique about being willing to kind of push these initiatives and make it more on the forefront of what we're trying to do compared to other states?
1: I think it's first of all the deregulated energy market okay that appealed to a lot of the Bitcoin miners that were having to relocate out of China in 2021 when they banned sense. it. Yep. The second thing is the um, policy were pretty lenient in that domain. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't any, I mean, it was kind of wild west. Nobody really saw it coming, but sure, we have a lenient policy and there's a third reason, um, what would it be? there's three main reasons. Well,
0: I feel like it's probably just because, you know, it's funny whenever people think of Texas, you know, they think we're all country backwards, <laughs> you know, whatever. But, um, uh, there's somebody said one time, was like, you don't understand how much we need Texans because if shit were to ever hit the fan, <laughs> we need those crazy fools down there. We're the ones with all the guns, right? So you got to remember that, uh, there's a, there's a, you know a maverick sense of existence that happens in Texas and we don't necessarily want to be like everybody else we like to be different we want to kind of blaze our own path and we we're our own country for a period of time you know so <laughs> so some of that stuff is in our DNA a little bit and i really think that um you know just the desire to not go along with the status quo and i also think we're unique in that we're a red state right with maybe we're more purple these days but either way um, but we have very big pockets of blue, right? right? Austin Austin. is incredibly blue, right? right? Um, And I don't think either one's good or bad, but what I do think is you need a balance, right? You got to have the ability for one to play off the other because the biggest problem I think that we have these days in some respects is that the two sides aren't willing to talk because everybody's standing hard and firm on this thing and they're standing hard on this firm. And, And the whole thing about our country has always been discourse. When you have... A discourse between two parties that disagree, more often than not, you're gonna come to a solution that's beneficial for both. And the I've I've heard it said before, which I agree with is you know when both parties walk away from the table unsatisfied, then you know you got a good, <laughs> you got a good resolution, right? Absolutely. Because they didn't get everything they wanted and we didn't get everything we wanted, but we were okay with meeting in the middle somewhere. And Absolutely. and I think that we're unique. A unique state because when you look at florida i mean you know i know a lot of people but florida's i I think it's about as red as it gets these days i mean i think desantis won his last election by like 70 percent or something and california obviously is the far side of the spectrum on the blue end of things where you got you know people running into stores holding up uh cbs's and shutting down walmart's because they have so much theft and there's no police so it's like chaos there not everywhere of course i'm sure you know there's i'm just using a generalization but but for some reason We've been able to kind of manage this middle ground a little bit where, you know, we we want our freedom, but we're also willing to, you know, let everybody else have their freedoms, too. We're not trying to take any way anything away from anybody. Everybody gets to do what they want to do, basically. And I think that that's created an environment in Texas to where something like this, when you talk about Bitcoin and blockchain and this new innovative technology, which is going to be a big disruptor, you know, once it permeates throughout society, I think you're going to see, um the fact that texas has been willing to be okay with not going with the grain um that uh that it's going to put us in a position in 10 or 15 years where we're going to be way ahead of the curve over everybody else
1: i think you're right would you agree i would totally agree and
0: it's all because of guys like y'all
1: well well, thank you for that compliment yes It's, it's hard work but it's very rewarding
0: well it it takes and you don't I, you know, I don't realize it until you start seeing stuff like what you guys do when you're down there at the state legislature, you know, every time they're in session and you're lobbying and you're having these meetings and, you know, there's not, it's not like y'all are swimming in money, right? You're not doing this for the, for the, (laughs) for the money, but do y'all, does, does the blockchain council, do y'all mine Bitcoin yourself? (laughs)
1: We do. Okay, yes. perfect. Yes. Okay,
0: so that's a way to kind of generate revenue for, for what y'all are doing.
1: That's true. And, and becoming a member is a way to support us. Okay. We have a pack. Um, oh, you do? Okay. Yes. So yeah, that's a
0: good thing. So tell tell anybody that um, that would listen, what um, if they wanted to become involved with the Blockchain Council, what are the different ways that they can support you guys and how can they get involved?
1: The best way would be to go to our website, text blockchaincouncil.org, head to the join page. There's a waterfall that lays out. There's five tiers of membership from collegiate to executive, okay. Um, you can scroll down, check out at the bottom of the page that gets you um, access to our member meetings, our Slack um, committees, slack. if you want to be, slack? that's a, how we, how our members communicate with one another. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's a, like um,
1: a communication app.
0: Yes. Yes. I've heard of that actually. I've, I've never used it before though. Why is that? It's become prevalent. I
1: don't know. A lot of corporations are yeah, using yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Does
0: that have anything to do with blockchain?
1: No, no, okay, and that's what's funny. Like we do none of our office operations are on the well because it's not mainstream yet. yet. I mean,
0: yeah, it's it's a difficult thing to to put together unless you have a lot of money behind it.
1: Yes, although I've been meeting a lot of people that will come in mm-hmm. and like help integrate this technology like into your really? office, into your daily doing. Okay, it's kind okay. of interesting. That's awesome. Um, and then if you're just curious and you want to know more, come to one of our meetups. Come to one of our networking events. Those are that'll be found on our events page.
0: What do y'all do on those?
1: We'll do a uh, lunch and learns. Okay. You can even earn like a CLE or a CPE on certain events. Sometimes it's just pure networking where you just right. come meet up.
0: What's a CLE?
1: A certified legal education. It's okay. like a education. Uh, Sorry.
0: I'm on my acronym <laughs> game is a little loose these days. I don't have them all there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the best ways to connect with us and okay. get involved.
0: Well, awesome. Well, um, like I told you before, like this is, as you can probably tell, cause I, uh, I talk a lot on these things. Um, I this topic is just fascinating to me, and um, just being an outsider that doesn't, uh, you know, I'm not directly involved in any of it. I I own uh, I own Ethereum and I own some other coins, and I used to own uh, quite a bit of Bitcoin, or not quite a bit, but a decent amount, and uh, but I sold it um because it was coming down so um but that doesn't mean that when it gets to a place where I think it uh is willing is going to be good to buy it again this is this is more investment strategies than it is uh uh faith in technology because I have immense faith in the technology on where it's headed and what it's going to be um but I'm also trying to make money so um but I am a big believer in it, and I think that um, there needs to be more education in this space. I think there needs to be more discussion, and the fact that you guys um, are out there fighting the good fight and trying to get Texas on the forefront of all this I think is amazing. And I really hope that um, you know more and more people get involved and kind of become educated on how all this technology works because I do think it's going to revolutionize how we do a lot of things, and I don't think people fully understand that just yet.
1: I totally agree and and we have got a lot of resources on our YouTube channel as well okay great so they
0: can go to the youtube channel and they can get all kinds of information from there also that's correct awesome all right well uh we're over an hour now so i don't want to keep you too much time i know you got um, new member orientations and all kinds of fun stuff you got to (laughs) do so um so thank you so much for coming in thank you for spending some time with me and going through all this stuff um i definitely want to have you back again in a few months and we'll kind of see what's going on what kind of new regulations are being passed and now that um everybody has at least some sort of cursory uh, understanding of how all this stuff works um um, now we got to make sure that uh, that the regulation is in place, so it can be more mass adoption.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I look forward to coming back.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, anybody that stuck around, and uh, we'll see you next time.